1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Bengal Tiger Podcast. I'm Matthew Brunin joining me once again for this mailbag edition is Shay Dixon. Shay, how are you? And how is Lundy?
0: Lundy's good. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, she's chilling. She perked up. Chewy is next to her. The she's a black dachshund, so she sort of blends in, but you can see her over there by the pillow. So oh, I see her. And people are out cutting yards, so Lundy's very entertained by whatever's happening out front.
1: <laughs> um. All right, we have a good amount of mailbag questions, with somewhere in like the 15 range, something like that. Yeah. So, plenty What's to talk what? about. Um, is there anything before we get to the podcasts you wanted to hit on? Because uh, we did have Brian Kelly yesterday. But, I mean, watching the press conference, I don't think there was anything groundbreaking there. Uh, besides maybe the injuries, if you want to hit on those. Major Burns, Greg Brooks. Who else? Yep. Yeah. Not good.
0: How long have we been talking about the one spot that could not get any injuries being safety, specifically the two starters? And you look at what's happening right now, what Greg Brooks has been out a couple of weeks, and he Mm -hmm. said Greg Brooks would be back this uh, weekend. So obviously nothing big there. I think he had a sprained ankle. Major Burns sounds like he re-injured an ankle that had already been injured. I saw he was in a walking boot on one of the little, you know, knee strollers just watching practice. Uh, and Brian Kelly said, look, he'll be the expectation is he's ready for fall camp, but that takes him out the rest of spring, presumably some of the next couple of months as he rehabs. And that's big news because now Matthew Langwa has been hurt. Deuce mm-hmm. Chestnut – I guess is like who were the transfers that you thought could
1: maybe play safety? Zy Alexander, we were hoping oh, mean,
0: only a corner.
1: Yeah, and I mean when when we went to practice, it was weird, or I don't want to say weird, but Carrie Cooks called the free safeties yesterday at practice, and um, it was a group of Sage Ryan, Jordan Allen, um, Zy Alexander went with them. Uh, those three. And then uh, Ryan Yates was four. And then there was one other that I'm missing or forgetting or maybe not. But those are the four that I remember off the top of my head. And they went through drills with with Coach Cooks and oh, JV and Toviana. That was the other one. JV and Toviana, who we've known has been at corner. But then at safety nickel, you know, they like lo- they like him at nickel a lot. So they pulled that group together and you're like, OK. You know, is are they trying to just piece this together and get these guys reps just in case, you know, one of Brooks or Burns does go down during the season? They have these guys ready that can play a little bit of safety. So um, that's what it felt like to me. Also, those are guys that can all play nickel. So it's just a lot of uh, moving parts right now with Chestnut out, with Brooks out, with Burns out and Langlois.
0: And this is the case with a lot of positions right now they're down a number of guys I mean if you look when we go to practice and so we haven't gotten to see a full practice yet which is odd um but we've gotten to see the 20 minute individual periods and the defense kind of works on one field the offense works on one field then the other field is the kids who are just jogging and kind of like stretching and they're the ones who are injured and you look over there and it's pretty much everyone that's notable like it's Makai Wingo, Mason Taylor, Mason Smith, you know, you go up and down the list of guys who are on that far field, just kind of working through um, conditioning stuff. And we knew that would be the case for spring ball. Now, Brian Kelly said specifically to the DBs, uh, Maddie B, when we were asking him about it after practice on Tuesday, that he was like, well, it's a good thing because... Even if majors hurt, we know Major's is going to be here for the fall and major is a senior now. Like he knows what he's doing. Greg Brooks is a fifth year guy knows what he's doing. It's a chance for them to see Ryan Yates, to see Toviano, to see a number of other guys. Jordan Allen has been getting first team reps uh, at free. At, well, I guess at strong safety. Yeah. Uh, and then they've kept Sage Ryan at nickel. And obviously Jordan, Jordan Allen works at nickel some, but Jordan Allen moves over to strong safety. So, They're getting a look at a lot of guys that I think would be depth pieces. Um, Now, I also think Brian Kelly provided a bit of clarity um, to something that we might have already known. And the first portal window, there's two of them. The first portal window can bring you a lot of starters. And it did for LSU a year ago. It will again this year. It already did. Um, I think they signed like how many transfer double-digit transfer guys uh, this year. 11, 12. So, but a large majority of them are guys that you were like, okay, they should come in and play a lot or be starting. The second portal window is about to open and it's only a couple of weeks long, but it's designed to be after spring ball and kids see where they stand and maybe enter the portal. And when I asked Kelly, what do you need out of this cycle of the portal? He kind of, instead of just naming positions, which we know safety is one of them, he said, this cycle is going to be about depth. Like, you're not going to go out and find any more starters. He, he thinks that ship has sailed for everybody. Like, sure, like a guy or two may go in, but the majority of guys that they're going to look at are guys that can help them with depth. And I think that they do need depth at a few spots right now. And I think safety might be the most glaring, especially when you realize – Hey, we said it, me and you both said it at the beginning of the spring. What is the one position that can't have injuries? Safety. Well, both of them got injured. And you see what happens. You're putting a couple of freshmen back there. Beyond that, you don't have anybody. You're moving corners to safety. So I'm looking at safety as a position that maybe could bring them a little depth through the portal.
1: Yeah, I'm still high on Jordan (laughs) Allen. I think he's going to be a good player, but obviously that's asking a lot of him to – to start for Brooks or Burns uh, this year. So we'll see how how those go. Ultimately, this just boils down to, like, if anybody's panicked, it really just boils down to how much you value spring football. You know, the coaches obviously love it to get the work in, the extra extra reps and all that stuff. But does it really matter for the veterans? Probably not. So that's where – you have to kind of figure out how much to weigh it and so on and so forth. So, all right, let's get to the mailbag, Shay, because we posted on the board, subscribers sent their questions. And, uh, yeah, looks like we have uh, some good ones in here. Nobody sent in, like, five questions this week, so thank you all for that. You're muted, Shay.
0: Good job, y'all, on that. We will note Brian Kelly did say that, the timeline for hiring a new D line coach would be about three weeks. And that sort of lines up with when spring ball ends for LSU and everybody else. So he also said that they would be out on the road and then would get a chance to see some guys. I almost got the sense that he already knows who he wants to hire and they're just being very quiet about it. But regardless within the next couple of weeks, three weeks, uh, Brian Kelly feels like the news will be announced. So um, moving on there, jumping into the mailbag, uh, where are we at? Let's see, go to the top Cairo tiger, um, name your biggest surprise of the spring on each side of the ball. And he weighed in, he said offense for him was Jaden Daniels because he thought he added some good weight. He didn't look skinny to him anymore. And on defense, he said, Harold Perkins, because he's had that ability to now move from an edge guy to a first team linebacker, middle linebacker alongside Spates. And he said it feels like Penn's fading into the background with Spates seemingly getting a starting spot. I will note that Brian Kelly said that Greg Penn's had a really good spring. So
1: when you, I don't think Penn is, I don't think Penn is fading at all. Um, I think they just really want to get Harold Perkins reps um, at inside linebacker. I mean, it's kind of like what we've talked about with injuries. Is you know what the veterans can do, you know what Greg Penn can do, and obviously they want Greg Penn to improve. But I think. I mean, you want Harold Perkins to get a lot of those reps. And Omar Spates, obviously, transfer um, from Oregon State. You want to see what he can do. Greg Penn is a pretty known commodity at this point, so I, I really don't think he's fading at all. I think he's going to be a pretty big part. Um, as far as, what was it, Standout surprises? surprises. Yeah, just uh,
0: who, who has stood out maybe on each side of the ball so far? We had a similar question last week. I think I did answer, Jaden. Um Overall, just because I did, I agree, I think he's put on a little bit of weight. I think it's clear that he's put in a lot of work both at LSU and he was going to the West Coast and throwing with a lot of quarterbacks and trainers. So it's evident of to place. me he's put in the time. I will also say that on spates, when you see him out there, he's in the number one jersey. So he sort of stands out already. <laughs> he is a big kid. Yeah. so. That was a very nice addition for him. Um, do you have an answer? Defense, I do. I, I do.
1: Think. I have a surprise. Okay. To make it a little unique, I guess, and make it very niche for, for LSU fans. Uh, Bo Bordelin working at center, I think, is a surprise to me. Uh, six foot six. I thought he was kind of light coming out of high school. Uh, we've talked about it before a little bit, but him working at center, um, obviously – you know I don't think he's going to start at center. I think Charles Turner, and then once they get Mason Lunsford in here and then Marlon Martinez. Like he's not starting at that position per se. But they have Brian Kelly talked about it, them training him. Or was it Den Brock? No, it was it was Kelly talked about borderline at, at center. So I didn't think that was his long term position, but maybe he is looking a little bit more inside interior offensive line made uh, moving forward. That did surprise me. So that's very very specific and niche, but yeah. Uh, defensively, I don't think what surprised me defensively. I'm really not sure anything surprised me. Um, I'll, I'll go. I'll go specific again. I'll go. I saw Jeremiah Hughes yesterday, and I thought he looked really athletic and really good. I, I we were high on him out of high school. He's his rating and ranking was a little low because of, I think, injuries and whatnot, but um, I, I could see him in a couple of years being a real player.
0: Yeah, Jeremiah Hughes the guy that's just going to have to get adjusted to the college game. But, look, he's coming from Bishop Gorman. That's one of the yeah. biggest high school programs out there. And the reality is he's the only true corner they signed. Everybody else played. Even if they were ranked at corner, they were high school safeties, so mm-hmm. uh, or at least did both. Um, I like those picks. I'll go Toviano, Javian Toviano, just because – He's been able as a true freshman, like when we've been out there, even getting first team reps. They've said he's played a number of different positions, uh, whether it was corner, safety, nickel. So I get the sense that because he early enrolled, you know, early enrolled, that even as a freshman, that they're going to rely on him in some sort of spot. And it might, it may well be in the two deep, it may not be starting, but that I didn't know who of all these young kids would come in and start grabbing meaningful reps and, and it seems like he has and Brian Kelly said that Ryan Yates has also uh, done well but I'm higher on Tobiano probably at this stage on offense I'll give you a guy we haven't talked about and sure. I'm going to pick this guy because I almost felt like Dinbrock picked this guy for me it seems like Kyron Lacy has had a good spring and all of the receivers minus Aaron Anderson really have been healthy and out there and when I asked Dinbrock the offensive coordinator who after Malik Neighbors, has really stepped up and, you know, is going to fill the void left by Bute, left by Jeray Jenkins, the guys who started for you. And I think no doubt Brian Thomas is one of them. My question became, would Kyron Lacy, who played a ton last year, be the other one, or do some of these guys catch him? And Denbrock came straight out and said, Brian Thomas and Kyron Lacy look amazing. They've filled the void. They're the starters, you know, basically is what he was saying. Receiver, they rotate guys all the time. We saw it with Hankton a year ago, but there were moments where Kyron Lacy dropped balls in games. There were moments when he made big catches, and you just wanted to see him in the offseason really kind of hone in on his game, and I get the sense that he has. So we haven't seen a ton of like 11-on-11 or any of it, but I'll trust the OC. I'll go with Kyron Lacy.
1: Yeah, I think.
0: Uh, Jimmy Chill, how do our DBs look? The room's thin, very new, versus receivers who are expected to be really good. Okay, again, so we haven't seen any of them go one-on-one or 11-on-11 yet, so tough Always. for us to answer that. Like last year we got to watch some full practices, and that hasn't yeah. been the case this year. Here's oh, my man. guess. Mm-hmm. Totally I would good. bet the wide receivers are winning a lot of battles against the DBs Consider the DBs are a bunch of freshmen right now.
1: Yeah. I, I think that the, that's a good guess. I was gonna say the only uh the only clip we've seen was uh, Kyle Parker posted on his Instagram, <laughs> um, mixing. Uh, I don't remember who the the DBs were. I think it was, was it was a JK, but it doesn't really matter. I mean, those situations it was really uh, not favorable for the DB. But uh, yeah, even beyond that, I think the receivers are just too experienced. I can't imagine. I mean, I can't imagine the Terrence Wallace really locking up Malik Neighbors at this point in his career. Uh, even though, you know, I think with Terrence Wells will be good. I think J.K. Johnson, I was pretty impressed with him yesterday. Uh, Denver Harris, I'm sure, is getting good reps out there. So plenty of – I think – one thing that, I mean, I want to make clear is that I think they have enough talent at the cornerback position, right? We've mentioned it before. Like, at full strength, you have Denver Harris, Alexander, J.K. Johnson, with Terrence Welsh. You know, you, you mix those guys in, Deuce Chestnut, Sage Ryan and Nickel. Like, there's plenty of talent here. Like, it's hard for us to say anything definitive because we don't know who's healthy. We don't know where they're going to play exactly. We don't know who's going to be where. So it's hard to say definitive things about this defensive back room, but there is talent there. But I'm with you that the receivers are a known commodity right now and they are experienced.
0: You know what the good thing is, is that you're not here. Remember last year, I guess it was, when they were – Brian Kelly was like, look, this – and I am not bashing, I'm not bashing Colby Richardson here, but he'd come in from McNeese on a scholarship transfer. They really just needed all the DBs they could have, and Brian Kelly would come out of practices and be like, "Look, this Colby Richardson guy's been locking Keshawn up." Well, then it turned out to be like, "Oh, I, I believe it now. Keshawn doesn't look good, and he was never the same." Yeah. And people took it then as, "Oh man, this guy's going to be really good." Oh, well, it was more so that Keshawn was not what Keshawn used to be uh kelly has said none of that through camp so i'm not but quite sure anyone's out there locking up malik neighbors and brian thomas and those guys right now which might be um might be a good thing yes again jimmy chill sorry we don't have an exact answer because we just haven't seen it but uh beyond when the kids which i love you mentioned kyle parker this is one of my favorite things in like spring and fall is when the kids like get the ipad out and like phone like record they're like best rep. Like they could have gotten no catches all day, but we would never know it because mm-hmm. they put on blast some corner that you know may have won every rep all day. And yeah. like, look, look at me cooking this kid in practice footage that you'll never get to see if yeah. I don't tweet it to you.
1: They they need a way to blur out the numbers, something of the corner they're going against, and they would just post all of them. I feel like.
0: yes, hundred <laughs> yeah, um, percent. Okay, Nemo Aldis, uh said, "Hey y'all, I'm not panicking, just wondering." Is there any clarification on Denver Harris? Denver Harris obviously transferred in from AM, midseason All American, former five star. Now he's a second year kid. So a beast uh, by the definition of what he should be. But Nemo says he's out on the field. Is he out on the field, but just not getting first team reps, or is he not on the field at all? Something was on the board earlier about him having to learn zone coverage. I figured A&M was a mess with coaching. Uh, so that could play into that. But I was wondering if y'all could give clarity on his presence even if we don't know his status, so to speak. Um, so he's been out there.
1: Mm-hmm. I think
0: he may have missed a practice or two, but kids that you miss practice all the time, they, they have class or they have something, you know, they're nicked up, whatever yeah. getting treatment um, for all we know. He's not, a, you know, a guy's not out there in the first 20 minutes. He might just still be getting treatment or whatever. Yeah. And it's just not doing position drills. And he comes out for the other two hours of practice. But when we asked Brian Kelly about it, he said, everything's been going great. Now, I would think that when it comes to first team reps, is Denver Harris the most talented corner in the room? Yes. Do you take him? If you're Brian Kelly and you're the staff and you know we need to test Denver Harris, we need to make him work for this. We need to not just give, like I think that might have been an issue at AM, right? Like that whole class that came, they were just given, given, given. Y'all do whatever y'all want, just show up and be ready to roll on Saturdays. I think Kelly's probably testing Denver Harris a bit of you want first team reps all the time, put in the work, be here every day, be accountable, go to class, do all these things. I'm not saying Denver Harris isn't, but Kelly did. And I, I'm gleaning a little bit about this from what Kelly talked about in his presser this week when he said, Hey, we came into this offseason thinking, boy, we're a year in, we don't have to teach a lot of the same things, all that, but we took so many transfers and double digit early enrollees. That it all became about resetting that foundation. So I think a part of that is just Brian Kelly and the staff, you know, let's say Steeples at corner, giving Denver Harris some goals to work for. Like, don't bring him in and on day one just be like, you're our best corner, go out there and we're never taking you off the field. Like, then he's got nothing to work for.
1: Yeah, that's a great point. Um, I love the analogy BK used in uh, uh, applying another coat of paint onto that um the wall like i think that was a good analogy because it's the foundation is there you just have to reapply sometimes and you know sometimes it fades um uh, as far as denver harris goes brian kelly i said there's no problems i don't i cannot assume that there are any problems so i'm completely um in the boat that he is doing everything he should be doing until otherwise proven and yeah, there's really nothing to talk about there. He's on the field. Um, I think you worded it really well. He, sometimes he gets first-team reps. Sometimes he doesn't. But overall, there haven't been any problems to report. So I there's no reason to panic at all as far as Denver Harris goes. You can't ask, ask for anything more from this spring. We haven't been talking about his name very much at all. I mean, good or bad, really. And he's just out there doing going to work. So uh, I think uh, it's all good right now.
0: Second question up here, uh, or next question, from Go63. With so many D-linemen out with injuries, are any of the backups stepping up and showing that they can be reliable rotation guys in the fall? Obviously, the team will be in much better shape if a guy like Fitzgerald West or Bryce Langston can be counted on to spell the starters. We put up some practice film yesterday, um, Matty B, and I need to bring this up as I'll let you kind of start to answer, and then I'll get... Uh, this written down run us catch us up quickly though who's out what wingo smith well, jefferson McKay, like, wingo, there Mason, are some smith. guys that we presume yeah. will be starters that aren't even out there
1: i i approach this as the top three defense tackles being out because makai wingo smith and in my opinion jordan jefferson are the top three defense tackles jordan jefferson out of west virginia transferred in Uh, I love this tape. I think I had him as the number three transfer in this class. I think Brian Kelly is very, very high on him. I think Matt House is very, very high on him. I expect Jordan Jefferson to get a lot of meaningful snaps. So your top three defensive tackles are out. They also brought in Jalen Lee from Florida, um, who I'm I'm kind of hit or miss on. But you have Jalen Lee, you have Jacoby and Guillory, you have Fitzgerald West. I think those are probably the next three in line. Jacoby and Guillory has gotten the most – reps this spring and he's looked really really good in that so I probably put him fourth in the defense tackle rankings um and then you kind of go from there with Lee and Langston and West and Hill so um yeah I I don't think like if you were telling me that one of those four contributed I'd maybe say Jalen Lee uh or Fitzgerald West but like I don't think those are going to be Huge players for them because I feel really good about the four defensive tackles they have. And let's not forget, they can also go to like more of a pass rushing package like they did last year at times where they can move Savion in, they can move Quincy in, they can move guys around. And so I don't think it's the end of the world if they have four really good defensive linemen or defensive tackles and go from there. So I think that's pretty much the, the rundown on the interior of the defensive line.
0: I'm watching right now the practice clips we put up yesterday. Let's see who.
1: 80. Yeah, okay. Bryce Lankins really 81. A,
0: so the, or, the order these guys were going through, yeah, okay, so you're starting to see them now. They went, Jacoby and Guillory was going first on everything with Savion Jones. And then after that, it was Paris Shand, Quincy Wiggins, um, looked like. From Jalen Lee was the next one through there, then Fitzgerald West. So of that group, I would say Guillory is the guy I think would probably is getting the most out of this spring without those guys out there. Um, Savion is a starter in my mind already. I think it's good that Paris Shand, Quincy Wiggins, Jalen Lee, um, Fitzgerald West playing on the D-line, all those guys are guys I am watching Uh, as nice depth pieces for them. And I know people want Quincy Wiggins to start, but look, he was just a freshman a year ago. We'll see where they use him. I think that we've talked about this before. They can be multiple. They can move guys around, but um, the long and skinny of it, I guess, or the best way I would put it is Guillory, Shand, and Wiggins, I think, are your are the guys who are going to get the most of the next three up. I, I think Savion's already starting and then you got Mason Smith and Wingo, you're bringing back. So I would circle those three.
1: Yeah. And then on the injury front, obviously Deshaun Woolmack has not been in spring either. So
0: a lot of, and a five-star, a lot of guys um not been out there, but uh, it is good to see Jalen Lee out there, Bryce Langston, guys like that, because you do want your entire kind of room of defensive linemen uh, to be getting reps. and And they're doing that right now. And, Look, they've got a new D line coach coming in, presumably. That um, you know, it's kind of a fresh slate for a lot of guys, and uh, we'll see how that goes. But yeah, those those three would be the ones that I think uh, you look at first.
1: I mean, I, um, I feel I, really good. About, I feel really go good about the defensive. I feel really good about the defensive line depth. Right. right oh,
0: hundred percent. Right. So, hundred percent, and their their starters are better than they were a year ago. So, yeah, be a, be a good spot. That's a good spot for them.
1: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Uh,
0: Iowa City Tiger fan said, uh, we touched on this last week and you both agreed that the Jack position could be a weakness. Now that's the stand-up kind of outside linebackers that John Jancic is coaching. And right now that's Ovia Gofu. It's Braden Swinson, who came in from Oregon. Uh, Ogofu came from Texas. And then uh, Jackson Howard, who is a true freshman uh, coming from up north and uh, those have been really the three guys that have played the position as you mentioned womack has been out so we haven't seen any of him but iowa asks what are your thoughts on running out of a base nickel so a four-two-five. then you've got he said you could have wiggins womack jones rotate as true ends chestnut sage ryan in the slot as your nickel it could hide potentially he says a lack of depth at linebacker and you don't necessarily need a nose tackle. To me, it gets your best 11 to 13 players in the field. As much as I love a 3-3-5, we lack playmakers at the position. So, Well,
1: well, I mean, I, I feel like this is kind of simplifying what, what Madhouse runs in a lot of ways. Like, you're, like, you're oversimplifying, I should say. Because in 3 5 I mean, yes, they have a nose tackle a, a good amount of times, but sometimes – they don't. They move around. They were very multiple last year on their front. Um, I, I think the main thing and the main reason they have the jack position is not necessarily it's kind of because they don't want to be a 4 They want that jack to be versatile. They want him to be able to drop whenever they can. They want him to be able to play different fits, to move around. Um, so I, I I mean they're not going to run a four-two-five. Uh they They're going to stay in this kind of if you want to call it three three five, I kind of just call it a 4 But 5 but it, obviously the outside linebacker jack position is not a true defensive end. Um, I just don't think it's that simple. I don't think it's that simple of like, oh, let's just put our best 11 players on the field. Um, because Ovia Gofu, I think, is a very, very solid player. Like, I think he's going to be good. Um, I think if they put Deshaun Womack at jack, if they put Harold Perkins at jack, those are all really good players that can do different things for you. You don't have to simplify everything. And um, I don't, I don't think Matt House is going into the ce- season saying, "Let's simplify everything. Let's get our best eleven players on the field." I think he wants to grow. He wants to uh, be even more multiple, be even more diverse. That's why they're putting Harold Perkins at inside linebacker. Um, I mean, I, I don't see how the slot has anything really to do with it because the slot is the same in a four-two-five and a three-three-five. So, um, yeah, I, I, I just think that kind of oversimplifies things um and i think house is going in the opposite direction i think he wants to be more multiple he wants to be dynamic he wants to have perkins in different spots so yeah that's that's kind of my answer to that is i just don't think that that would be a um, realistic thing that they would do this year obviously they'll have packages probably to where they'll run it yeah i
0: think that. they'll run 425 yeah a good bit i just think their base will stay that 335 with that third linebacker really just being a stand up edge and I will point out, because as he mentioned, the worries of the Jack Linebacker spot and Womack's not out there right now, or at least the perceived worry in this conversation and, and topic of question is that Jack Linebacker role. When Kelly was asked about Harold Perkins after Tuesday's practice, he kind of jokingly, but seriously, when they're like, oh, you moved Harold Perkins to middle linebacker. Um, he's not going to be rushing, you know, like he was before. And he said, well, who said he's not going to be playing that rush position? he said, well, maybe, and then I don't remember who asked Eric, well, maybe not as much. And Brian Kelly said, who said not as much? And it was almost like, and then Kelly kind of laughed and he said, look, we house just wants Perkins to become a well-rounded linebacker. And in the spring, that means get linebacker reps, be next to Omar, who's a senior, who's been around, who can tell you what to do. Try to work yourself in front of Greg Penn, who led the team in tackles uh, a year ago at the position. But it almost gave me the sense that he was like, we're going to probably keep Harold Perkins. If we're playing three three five, we will have Harold Perkins out there as a stand-up edge guy or blitzing or whatever it might be. So I'm still buying into this idea of Perkins being a middle linebacker is just something they want to explore to make him more well-rounded. It doesn't mean that that's where he's going to ultimately be, and I won't be surprised if he is getting a lot of reps as a kind of an edge rusher, stand-up edge guy at the jack.
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think I think you laid that out well. I think if nothing else, it's just to give Perkins more opportunities to stay on the field to where he's not only a pass rusher and so on and so forth. But we've talked about that a lot, so everyone knows kind of where we stand with the Harold Perkins situation. But uh, it's, it's a good question. Um, but I think House is just kind of going in the opposite direction. He wants to be more versatile. He wants to be more dynamic because it's really hard um, – it's going into year two for Matt house. And so he's, he's excited. You don't have BJ O'Jolari at the Jack position, but you still have some viable options there and you still have a guy named Terrell Perkins. So we'll
0: see. And we'll see what happens with Womack um, yes. when he gets back, if he's an or. And I feel like the D end room is a little crowded. I would even at his weight, I would say he's, I would have him standing up and let him get after it. He is absolutely phenomenal at getting after the quarterback. So, or anybody in the backfield for that matter. Um, Let's revisit that in the fall when we get a look at Womack and maybe suddenly we feel great about the Jack position. I don't know, Um, but time will tell. There were a couple – Kenny Mack, 4-9, engaged a lot. Uh, Both asked about Denver Harris. We touched on him. Um, But basically they're saying, look, are the traits there? Will he be cornerback one? Has he been running with the ones? We talked about it a good bit already. I think come fall camp, come game one, if Denver Harris is not a starting quarterback – cornerback, I will be very, very, very surprised.
1: Yes, me too. Me too. I think he's cornerback one. Right? And if he's
0: on the team and in good standing and he's not a starter, I'll be
1: floored. Yeah, I, I think I, – I just I'll be surprised. There's no reason for people to have Denver Harris concerns at this moment. I understand the history and everything like that. But, guys, nothing has happened. Nothing's wrong. Um, he's out there. Yeah, he's out there. He's doing what he should be doing. So – Let's just give him the benefit of the doubt until something goes wrong. So let's there you see.
0: go, uh, Hunter Fournette. I'm going he says I'm gonna go a little bit off the beaten path here. How's old Muscle Mac Mac Markway, freshman tight end, looking and receiving and blocking? I feel like he's probably doing well blocking. Just curious about his catching ability. Um, Maddie B, you had written something in one of the practice <laughs> reports. Everyone got real upset. I said he.
1: Yeah, I said he looked like Cole Taylor catching the ball.
0: Well, they got mad at that. Well, Cole Taylor actually, that would actually be a compliment because Cole Taylor coming out of high school was only a pass catcher. He never blocked.
1: Yeah, Cole Taylor Taylor was not a terrible receiver. Cole Taylor didn't do a lot of things great, but he was at least, you know, kind of serviceable to a degree. But, uh, yeah, the Cole Taylor comp did people. I mean, I was not high on Mac Markway coming out of high school, I think.
0: He hadn't played football in two years. Let's get football. that out there first. He has not played football since he was a sophomore in high school because of injuries.
1: Yeah, so it's very, very challenging, obviously, to evaluate. So it's probably not fair to evaluate him even uh, going into this year. Um, obviously, he's he, he has talent. He's strong. He can block really well, which is going to get him on the field, bottom line. like He's going to be on the field because he's blocking. The catching, I just don't... In a room where you have Mason Taylor, Jackson McGohan, and Morgan Pimpton.
0: That's it. That's all you have to say. That's it right there. Yeah. There is no need for him to be catching any passes. Exactly. And Denbrock, who coaches the tight ends, already said this. He said, Mac Markway coming in is going to help Mason Taylor so much because now Mac can do the blocking and Mason can do more of the pass catching and not have to do both. Like, yeah. they did not bring Mac Markway here to catch footballs. Exactly. Exactly. You brought, we- you brought Camorian Pimpton here to catch footballs. You brought <laughs> Jackson McGohan here to catch footballs. Like, I'm all about being well-rounded. And that's not a knock on Mac Marquay. He can do something the others three can't. He can block. He is a massive dude with huge muscles and strong at the point of attack. Like that is something. I I just feel like sometimes people are like, if we say that. They're a better blocker than catcher. They're like down on them, like we're like hating on them or something. Like
1: exactly, I mean, Emory Jones is a better
0: blocker than he is a catcher too. <laughs> I mean, your tight, you're blocking tight end doesn't have to catch.
1: Yeah, I, I, yeah, it's, it is, um, that's, that's pretty much it. So I'm actually,
0: I love it that Markway's been out there every day and hasn't been hurt. Like yeah. that was my concern. He's been hurt for two years, and really took off his senior year to make sure he didn't get her like re-aggravate anything and just be healthy for college. And it's paid off. He's been at every practice leading as the first team guy. So I'm, I'm good with Marquay right now. And I don't, if everything goes as planned, they don't need him to catch any footballs. They need him yep. to block the rest of the guys can handle that.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: Um, Cairo tiger. We're wrapping up here. I uh, actually got a few more. Uh, we'll speed through them. Cairo Tiger, what front seven lineup are you most excited to see on the field? Give me Savion Jones, Makai Wingo, and Mason Smith, and then.
1: Well, okay. Go
0: well, I guess front. How are we? How are we laying out a front? Front seven, seven
1: is hard because they run five five DBs, so yeah. it's really front six. So then give
0: me those, give me Makai, Mason, and Savion as my lineman, Womack, Deshaun Womack as my stand up edge rusher, and Perkins and Spates at linebacker. And if Perkins wants to roam around, I'm cool with Greg Penn because I'm not a Greg Penn hater. So, but I want to see Savion, Mason, Makai, and Womack on the field at the same time.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, that's, 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 Probably the right answer. Uh, give me Wingo Smith at DT. Give me uh, Womack at DN. Give me Perkins at Jack. Give me Omar and Whit Weeks.
0: Oh, taking. Pin and Savion off the field to get all of your uh, pass rushers in there. All right. Well, you I'm just gonna try go to crazy. Just
1: it. a bunch of speed. Just run around. Just, yeah.
0: Just, no. Yeah. That's a cheetah uh, package right there. Cheetah. Cheetah. Package. There you go. Um, I don't hate it. Uh, okay. Three little birds. McGohan, a player question mark. Um, and you talk about Jax McGohan. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, coming straight from Mike Dinbrock. It sounded like McGohan would need about a year to get really acclimated and, and yeah. contribute. So my guess would be, it'd be Mark way. Mason Taylor as your early guys, and then whatever Pimpton can do, obviously coming in this summer, he could be a pretty big piece for him. But um, coming straight out of the tight end coach's mouth, it sounds like McGohan is a guy they need to just get acclimated to the program, which is fine. Yeah. Um, How does Holly look relative to Kane? Shorter? I mean, I guess we don't (laughs) see much practice. So I guess here's the point there. They're the only two running backs on scholarship that have been at practice. Still still so good for Trey Holly I mean Noah Kane knows what he's doing he's been yeah. at Penn State he's played he's been through a lot of practices played a lot last year was a real red zone guy for him at LSU so I know what I'm getting out of Noah Kane it's good to see that Holly's getting some burn and, and some reps when if they had everyone healthy he probably wouldn't be getting anywhere close to the reps he's getting so um, look State's all-time leading rusher and he's a shifty back he can Certainly help you. Uh, and I do. Th- I'm one who thinks all those running backs are going to get touches. I don't believe there will be a bell cow uh, that really runs away with the backfield. So I don't know how he looks relative to Kane, but Hey, they're both out there and that counts yeah. for something right now. Yeah. Um, co- competition at center. That's a good question. Uh, predicting any changes there. Matty B you take it. We've got what chemo Macaniola. Well, Charles Turner hasn't been out there at all. And here's your starter last year. Marlon Martinez has been in and out, or is he back out now? I couldn't remember, but he was a guy who came in and started playing for Charles Turner. Yeah. And then you mentioned Bo Borderline in there. Thoughts on where they're at at center?
1: Well, I need to see Mason Lunsford over the Coming summer. in from Maryland this summer. That's really what I need to see before, because I think that they brought him in to be, obviously, interior offensive line, but I think center is going to be the main competition with him there um i can't predict any changes i just think charles turner even if missing he misses the spring will probably be in the lead mason lunsford could very well come in and move him because like i've said they have no problem going in another direction of charles turner charles turner is the one that has to kind of keep his job with all these other people you know trying to take it and so on and so forth so um i wouldn't be surprised but at this moment i cannot predict the change um... And
0: I like Marlon Martinez a good bit, but it was kind of odd when I asked Brian Kelly about like every backup lineman transferred because they're like, we're not playing. We're going somewhere else. Martinez didn't. And when I asked Brian Kelly about that a few weeks ago, he was like, yeah, we just got to make sure he doesn't transfer in the second window. So you really cannot afford to lose another offensive lineman, especially one who has played a good amount over the past couple of years as a backup and then starter. So, Martinez is one I'm watching, but it seems like they're giving a lot of guys a shot there uh, through spring ball, which has kind of been Brad Davis's MO uh, really the past two seasons. Um, But I'm with you. I don't know. And fall camp will tell us that until then. I presume it's probably Charles Turner, but again, he hasn't been out there at all because he's been injured. Yeah. Um, And his last question, Ricky Collins, progress at quarterback. I've watched him throw. I mean, it's right now for Joe Sloan. It's all just about teaching him. How to be a college quarterback? It's the footwork. It's the um, you know where we're asking you to put the ball. Your timing. All these things. Now, one thing that I do know to be true, and this is coming from people talking, you know, around LSU, is that he came in with a little bit of fine-tuned skills, maybe more so than a lot of just quarterbacks will have, because not because in any private training. His high school coach is Marcus Randall, who played quarterback at LSU and started obviously for Saban uh, back in the early 2000s. So. He was coached by a college quarterback. He understands it. Um, he's got a really good demeanor, I think. And he knows it's the best spot to be in as an early enrollee. There's no pressure. You're not starting over Jane Daniels or Garrett Nussmeyer. So all you need to do is work on getting better and acclimated. And I think that's what Ricky's doing. So all's good there. Uh, misled alarm. Kai Prion recruited at receiver. There's depth issues at safety. Could he get run there? How aggressive do you expect BK to be in the portal? Okay, we already said that about BK in the portal. That BK said this portal thing is really just about backups. Kyprion at, res- at a DB, I could see Kyprion at corner. I don't know about safety.
1: It's so uh, <laughs> that is hard to predict, um, considering we haven't seen him in, in camp, and not obviously, I mean, yeah, the, uh, in theory, the receiver room is crowded. but... I mean, he's still a really explosive player with the ball in his hands, man. I mean, he – the upside is there. Obviously, I mean, I'm not the highest prion. I mean, I think obviously the hands were an issue, uh, which, you know, Charles Power, I think, talked about that a bit as well. But ultimately, I think you have to at least see his upside. I think you have to at least give him a shot at receiver. I mean, before just throwing him at safety to start his career. That's what I would assume.
0: Yeah. No, I agree with you. Um. Nemo again asked uh, how much can you glean from a 20 minute snapshot of the team that doesn't seem like a lot of time I almost feel like nothing other than who's there and kind yeah. of what they look like and maybe what order the coaches have them going through drills in
1: yeah it's not it's not much time it's not much time at all so that's why it's um it's, it's a very fun.
0: groundhog day feel every time we go out there it's the same drills at the same order with the yeah. same guys for the same 20 minutes so yeah uh,
1: not a lot. No, there's not a lot you can take from it. That's, that's why sometimes I like trying to spice up the, the practice tidbits a little bit, give them something to talk about.
0: Yeah, there you go. Give Get them arguing in the thread. All good.
1: Yeah. You, you um, click on it. You're like, randomly there's 40 replies in there. Oh, all right. We got something to talk someone's
0: about. Someone's mad at Something you said, Matty B. Um, <laughs> Grape Swisha. Have you heard anything about how JD's sling in the rock? And I've asked around, and they said, hey, looks good. He's filled out. He's obviously got a better rapport with the receivers because he's been around Kyron and Brian Thomas and Malik now for a whole year. And The same goes for Garrett Nussmeier. But I thought Denbrock came straight out and said it. Hey, he's pushing the ball downfield a lot when we asked him to in practice, and that is one thing they want to see. And you talked about that all last year. There is a – I don't know how fine of a line, but there's a line between – yes, you don't throw any interceptions, and yes, you're never aggressive. And I think that's what Din Brock's
1: trying to work through. Yeah, I, I think you worded well. Brian Kelly has talked about it. Denbrock's talked about it. But m- moving the ball vertically down the field, I think Brian Kelly talked about it yesterday um, after practice. he's said, you know, they're both working on those things. Um, obviously, we haven't seen them. We haven't seen a full practice. We haven't seen those um, changes per se, but I mean, like you said, we trust what Brian Kelly and Mike Denbrock say. Where are
0: we at? Uh, Shrill LSU, uh, or surely LSU 23, however you want to pronounce this. Uh, Which freshmen have seen the most productive actions so far? And I feel like we've talked about the two that I would say. Is it Markway and Toviano?
1: Oh yeah. Toviano, definitely. Um, or yeah, Trey Harley oh well, yeah, Holly too, yeah, those three, you know, those three,
0: Markway and Holly, largely because there's nobody else at the position, so. yeah,
1: yeah, those those three,
0: I like those three too, and they were mentioning Ryan Yates in the wake of the Major Burns injury, so we'll see if he doesn't up his uh, playing time a little bit, but yeah, I would say those guys are are good picks for right now, uh, and remember, they still have twelve more high school guys coming this summer, including a number. Zaylon's heard and Camorian Pimpton, like a number of guys that should be contributing this year. Um, Tiger cycling down to the final two, uh, two posts here. Are you guys expecting Will Campbell and Emory Jones to take a big step next season? How do they look physically relative to last
1: year? I haven't been close enough to the action to see. I've seen some photos. Emory Jones
0: looks great. Will Campbell is built like an offensive lineman. Emory Jones, it looked like, shed some weight, put on some more muscle. I would guess that there's almost no way those guys take a step backwards. They were very great high school prospects. They went through the fire of year one of true freshmen starting tackles in the SEC. Like They are carrying a confidence level now that is far higher than what they came onto campus with. So I would think, and they've been healthy, so I would have no reason to believe they're not moving forward, right?
1: Yes. Um, Emory Jones <clears throat> was not as good as Will Campbell last year. I think he can take steps forward that are significant. I think Campbell obviously can always, you can always take steps forward, but I think Emory Jones, we could see a substantial difference in his play this year from last year, um, which which would be great.
0: And then uh, Tiger Cyclone asked about uh, Camorian Pimpton, and I'd asked, Offensive coordinator Mike Denbrock about Pimpton, who's been killing it. He has the, I think he has the fourth best discus throw in Texas, regardless of classification, which is nuts considering yeah. he is a 6'6, 99% wings, you know, percentile yeah. wingspan. Usually in the discus, the guys who are throwing long are really strike Jacobian Guillery types who are mm-hmm. defensive linemen with shorter arms that can yeah. just got a lot of power and throw it. Pimptons that's a long arm to be putting a discus out there that far. So uh, he continues to get better and better, but Tiger asked uh, that Denbrock said he's sending Pimpton a lot of material to keep him prepared. Is Davis doing something similar with O-linemen? Yes. And th- this is common practice with every team. And certainly with LSU, the kids who are not early enrollees. They get sent almost daily reports of here's what we did. Here were the workouts here. were the meal regimen, all that. And, the guys stick to that. So yes, the four O-linemen, all four that they signed, don't get here till the summer, plus Mason Lunsford uh, as a transfer out of Maryland. All of those guys are kept uh, abreast in terms of what's going on, where they need to be, what they need to work on. And uh, look, I know it goes as far each spring as those guys at home film themselves doing stuff, send it to the coaches, get coached up on it. So there is a, uh, a lot of that going on. So, yes. yes, Denbrock is not the only one at the tight end spot doing it. Uh, the very, last very question, Maddie B. We've gone long, but a lot of questions came in. Mm-hmm. J87, been hearing a lot of good things about Kyle Parker. He is the true freshman uh, coming out of Lucas mm-hmm. Lovejoy in Texas. And then he asked, what freshman receiver do you think sees the most snaps in 2023? Jalen Brown. And your options here, are Kai Prion, Shelton Sampson, Jalen Brown, and Kyle Parker.
1: Um, I'm going Jalen Brown. I think Jalen Brown's going to be really freaking good.
0: I'll go Jalen Brown. I think Brown has a speed element to his game that the others don't. But I also think that Kyle Parker physically is the most ready. So I think Kyle Parker might be odds on favorite bet, <clears> but <throat> I'll also go Jalen Brown.
1: Yeah, I mean Kyle Parker's gonna be—he—he's gonna be good. Um, it's been interesting because Billy's watched a lot of him, and everyone's like, "Oh man, how was he rated so low?" Because he put up, you know, the X amount of yards in a game and all that stuff. And Billy's like, "All right, yeah, but he's also had games where he didn't perform, and so on and so forth." So, um, it's just gonna be interesting to watch him uh, when the lights come on on Saturday night and how much he can get on the field. I don't expect huge things from any of the freshmen, really. Um, year one, I think. They're in a pretty good spot. If Chris Hilton stays healthy and Kyron Lacey are, you know, if if Kyron La- Lacey's ready to play, that gives you four experienced receivers there. If that's the case, I don't expect any of the freshmen. I mean, Aaron Anderson too. Don't forget Aaron Anderson. So that's five. Um, if that's the case, I think they're in a fine spot at receiver um, and they won't need Brown or Parker. But if there is one that goes down, I think Brown can step in for like Hilton's role. I think, Parker can step into Anderson's role maybe and, you know, just kind of go, off, go from there.
0: All right. We did it. 48 minutes. Um, Whew. Before we wrap up here, I just want to point out mm-hmm. Maddie B in the throwback Spurs hat. If you're watching on YouTube, I made him keep it on at the beginning. He's trying to switch to the Bengal Tiger hat. It's a no. Look at that vintage. Look how it does. champion. And you knew it was vintage because it said champions on it. So you knew it would be some sort of vintage. <laughs> uh, you went all the way back to the 9-9, early 2000s for that one.
1: Beautiful hat.
0: Um, and you. look, exciting time right now. NBA playoff. Uh, the playing games are going. The playoffs will start. Uh, and Matty B., you need no update uh, that the Spurs finished uh, dead last in the Western Conference. Um, actually tied
1: with the Rockets. With the Rockets. Tied with the Rockets. Second pick. Uh, well, second best lottery gods. so.
0: So the Pistons uh, won 17 games all year out of the East. Your Spurs 22. won 22, and the Rockets mm-hmm. won 22. So yep.
1: may We're, the lottery
0: ball gods bless you.
1: Thank you. Who do you thank want, you. Matty B? Um, either Victor Wimbanyama or Scoot Henderson. One of those two. Not Was Brandon Wimbignam Miller.
0: not the choice for everyone all along?
1: Yeah. Not Brandon Miller, though. Shout out to Sorry, no, no more Alabama guys.
0: No more Alabama guys in the Spurs.
1: Yeah, well, uh, yeah, for, for for if y'all know, I mean, Josh Primo was the last Alabama guy we drafted, and uh, they had to cut him last year, so look that up if y'all aren't familiar with that. But anyways, um, yeah, we'll see. Uh, the LSU bas- men's basketball team um, has picked up a couple transfers. They had BJ Mack over the weekend, wrote a story about that, so check that out on the site. Uh, the women's team, uh, we'll see if they host and just how it all goes I, it's been a whirlwind for them but they've made contact with recruits so or with uh transfers early on but we'll see the The fun part with the women's team is you get to speculate on everybody since they just won championship you just be like everybody just come on in we're getting them we're getting them we're getting them but anyways we'll see how all that works out oh,
0: and shout out uh ladasia williams and alexis morris yes. who both got drafted in the WNBA draft yes shout out a couple to second Aaron. rounders
1: yeah, shout out to both of them. And, uh, yeah, it'll be a fun offseason on the basketball front. And um, I know baseball plays uh, Kentucky this weekend. We'll see how the weather holds up for that. So plenty of sports going on still. And we will have you all updated uh, daily on the Bengal Tire on 3. Check that out. Check out the site. Uh, thank you all for listening. Thank you all for watching. YouTube, yeah, Spotify, all that stuff.
0: Recruiting pod dropping Thursday.
1: Yes, recruiting pod dropping Thursday. So stay tuned. Um, leave us a five-star rating and review wherever you're listening. Uh, leave us a like, comment, share, and subscribe to the YouTube channel if you have not already. We appreciate all the support. And we will be back for, with the recruiting podcast, Billy and Shay, as always. Do a great job. Till then, we'll talk to you all later.
0: Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived.